Hey everybody, it's Todd. Um, just a quick update before we get started tonight. Uh, Rob is out of town and I'm really thrilled that we had an awesome guest tonight, Mike Evangelista. I have no idea how this recording is going to sound. Uh, neither one of us had time this week to do anything with the audio to correct it. Uh, but I hope you all will enjoy it. Mike is incredible. We're going through the roster tonight. Really looking, getting into some deep, deep football uh, tonight. So I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And a big thanks to JMU for putting the composite schedule back on JMUsports.com. It's good to see that back. I, I don't know if that was us or just me not being able to see it on my own crawl on the top of the website. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Rob will be back next week. And hopefully sooner or later, we will solve any audio issues you may have. Thanks. Go Dukes. Mike, are you there? Todd, did we do it? Uh, yeah, we did it. Can you hear me? Third time's the charm, my man. Third time's the charm. <laughs> All right. How's it going? All right. How about you? Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, man. Can you hear me okay? I can like, hear uh, you great. Yeah. I can hear you every time. I don't know anything. No. Uh, it, was, it was all me, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? All right, man. Now you can tell why we don't have guests. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It's got to pick up. Like people are just like itching for football right now. You know what I mean? I'm dying. Yeah. I, Rob was like, I'm out of town. Oh. Okay. All right, man. Let's do this. Yeah, let's see what happens here. All right. You ready? Yeah. I've got, I've got the outline up. Anything you want to change up or pretty much all good? No, not really. If that's okay. I'm going to, I got a few extra things in the beginning, but other than that, I think we're good. Sweet. Sounds good. I'll, I'll let All you right. kick things off. All right. Thanks. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I am not joined as always by my buddy Rob, um, but I do I am joined by a very special guest that I will introduce momentarily. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It is 25 days to the kickoff of JMU football 2019 at West Virginia. Believe it or not, it is only 17 days till women's soccer opens the season against St. John's at Cincinnati. It is 18 days till the volleyball team opens at the dreaded Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, so it, things are getting close. I think we are all itching for JMU sports to be back in action, very much itching for JMU football to be back in action. So welcome in, everybody. Uh, rate and review us tonight might be a good night since it's not the normal format um, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to Mossy Creek and Pale Fire, as always, for sponsoring the podcast. You can go into either of those stores in the Valley and get your free uh, gift for mentioning the podcast. Um, but with all that being said, and I am so looking forward to this West Virginia trip with some of the Mossy Creek guys. But I am happy to report that I'm joined tonight by Mike Evangelista. What's up, Michael? How's it going, Todd? All right. How about you? Pretty good. I, too, am itching for the football season to start. I think we're all ready for some real news and some action on the field and all the speculation that we've been hearing for, like, the last six months. I think we're just ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's no doubt. I, I um, it, It's crazy, this um, – you know, week zero games, I'm tuning into yeah. the FCS podcast, listening to <laughs> what's going to happen, things. Um, 
I think what's interesting, right, is like contrary to the last couple of years, it's not like we have a lot of highlight videos and highlight tapes coming out. It's just sort of rumors here and there, Medea with some updates. Maybe we'll hear a couple of things from the media team, but no silence from the program, which I think is, is kind of eating at all of us and we're just ready to get things yeah, going. Yeah, it probably is, but it also might be a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say that out loud, but right? I, I mean, you never know, right? The team seems pretty happy, pretty relaxed from the little bit we've seen. And everybody definitely seems to be focused off of that disastrous end to last year, right? Yeah. Uh, so... I think everyone remembers Colgate pretty well. Yeah. So I think that's sort of the, that's sort of the mood when I hear sort of the coaches talk. I know when like Rashad mm-hmm. um, and Mac Patrick were over at media day, they, they seemed very dialed in and you could tell that there's still a, a sour taste in everyone's mouth from that game. So excited to see what goes on. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And for everybody uh, just joining us tonight, I'm, I wanted Mike to come on. Rob is out of town this week, um, family vacation, but we didn't want to miss a week in August when we're this close to the season. Um, it's possible Rob will be doing one with a guest instead of me a couple of weeks down the road for the same reason. Uh, but I wanted to have Mike on. I thought he'd be the best person. Nobody knows the roster. Nobody knows the recruiting scene, the history of the roster better than Michael Tuklutch on Twitter. Um, and I thought we wanted to go over Rob and I, Mike, we both need the education in terms of where we stand with the two deep, um, you know, and where the roster looks right now. We, I think Rob and I, like everybody else, right. We kind of know some of the skill positions. No, there's some things at wide receiver. We don't know, but I think we know a lot about the quarterback and running back. Um, but it'd be a good time for a reset on the O-line. And then the same thing on defense. We know some of the big names, and I think the two of us know a lot about the D-line. I'm not sure that we know a lot about those who are not big names in the back seven. Um, so I was going to start with quarterback tonight because why not? Let's just get it out of the way. Uh, it, unless I'm wrong, Mike, it looks like Ben is back, and he's playing very well right now, right? That's what it looks like. I mean, all the news coming out. So I think what? Day two out of training camp, I think they just put on pads for the first time, and it seems like the Nooch is coming back sort of dialed mm-hmm. in. I think the difference this year, obviously, is you know he's got a second year in the program. He's, got a, he's more comfortable with sort of the surroundings. I think he understands sort of what that weekly preparation is going to look like in the CAA. Mm-hmm. You know, I think no matter what we like to say, when you move from FBS to FCS, you imagine some of these people have – you know, their own sort of preconceived notions going into that transition. But now he's got a year under his belt. I think we have the right coach in place with Kurt Signetti, who's done really great things mm-hmm. with uh, Davis Chico and Elon. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yep. The thing with Nooch is like, he's had the legs. He's got all the physical traits. It's the decision-making and the turnovers, right? That's what killed us mm-hmm. last year. So I think it's really good that we've got the Colgate tape to really mm-hmm. – kind of edge him out over for the last six months. But I think with Cole Johnson still right behind him, we definitely have a serviceable backup that could easily start in this league. I think you saw it today with Gage Maloney. He's got a bit of an injury with his hamstring. So I think, you know, does that really hinder him from, from beating out Ben DiNucci? I think it may play a role, mm-hmm. but it certainly doesn't help his case. I know we're all itching to see Gage on the field too. Mm-hmm. You know, the former Mr. 
Mr. Football from South Carolina. I think he's, I think he definitely wants to get some playing time. And, and I'm still really interested to see if we have a special, like, you know, gauge formation or gauge <laughs> sort of package. Right. Uh, a la Tim Tebow back in like 2007. That would be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important. I'm, for anybody who hasn't, uh, has missed out these first couple of days, Gage has been struggling with a little bit of an injury. So, yeah, I think you're probably right that this we're getting pretty close the way things are right now. And I think I, I think it's probably fair to say that Danucci, he's probably the front runner regardless of injuries. Um, but this really helps to clear things up. And you're right. I, I don't know that we'll have a clearer picture of who's behind him. I think it's it's certainly Danucci's job to lose. And I think you, yeah. Yeah. And I think you and I are both. Um, and, and I know Rob and I have talked about this a lot. You know, I think a kid at the FCS level can improve, right? Like, I, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, he threw five interceptions against Colgate, so he's terrible, don't ever play him again. That's not my attitude about this. But I think given that limitations last year were purely in-game things, right? I mean, I, I, none of us are going to believe it 100% until we see it on the field in a real game at Morgantown, Right. I mean, I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think we'll, yeah. We'll, see, we'll see a good Ben DiNucci in Morgantown. I mean, fingers crossed, right? Knock right. on wood. I think the common theme we saw last year, if you think about when the team has had to travel to the north, when he played at UNH in the mm-hmm. old nasty weather of 50 people, when he went to Colgate, snow on the ground in front of 100 people, right? right. That's sort of where mentally, like, where's his mind at at the same time? Mm-hmm. Because – Yes, it's a big game, but, you know, someone like that that was at Pittsburgh that's used to playing in front of at least 20,000 people and is not at home in Bridgeforth, there's that mental, you know, game that it, and challenge that he's going to have to play. He's going to have to sort of live up to that, right? So I think he's the type of guy that will step up, big game. I'm excited to see what he could do against a brand-new sort of reshaped West Virginia roster. Mm-hmm. New coach, new coordinator, new scheme. People are coming in and out personnel-wise, so I think – no, I've got I've got some exciting things to talk about at the end here when it comes to West Virginia. <laughs> nice. We'll, we'll get to that Excellent. Because <laughs> I, I think arguably his best game of the year last year was at NC State to start the season. Right. I mean, I, yep. didn't he start off with like 15 straight completions? Didn't he break like yeah, the school record or something like that? Four or five sort of broken play runs that got first downs, you know, in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did in the end, I think, throw the interception on the, you know, down the stretch, but it was, you know, he played well in that game and he was clearly fired up. Yeah. And I had not thought about yeah. the fact that he is a pit transfer going to West Virginia. Um, needless to say, there is, exactly. you know, um, for any JMU fans who are concerned about your well being on the trip to Morgantown, if you are confronted by a situation which has you nervous, just say each hit pit and all will be forgiven in Morgantown. <laughs> so, there, there you go. I, I, speaking as a uh, from a Mountaineer family, I can tell you that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything else in quarterback. I think that's the end of it, right? Right now, it's Danucci's job yep. to lose. Johnson seems to be established as the second string unless we see improved health quickly from Gage. I think there is some yep. question from all of us about whether maybe Gage has a role to play in this season. And, and like you and I have seen in all these, because you're the backup, like in the event Danucci gets hurt in the middle of the third quarter at Morgantown, doesn't mean you're the starting quarterback the next week, necessarily at our level, right? Uh, I, 
Yeah, exactly. so I, I think that's you know we've all said everything there is to say about quarterback. Uh, running back, Mike, I don't think there's much here either. I am interested. I mean, I think we all know that the team is going to lean on Percy and Jawan, and we're very excited to see the two of them in the featured role, um, sort of in the Abdullah, Cardin Johnson, you know, 1A, 1B setup. Uh, but beyond that, who do you think maybe – is there any names that are jumping out at you? I mean, clearly, Jamie is going to play three or four guys this season. And I'm wondering what, exactly. what you think is the third and fourth back options for this team. You know, I think that's the big question mm-hmm. mark, right? Like with Jawan Hamilton, who we might remember started at UCF, I personally think that he probably has probably one of the bigger chips on his shoulder to prove himself. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about last year, you know, he really popped out with that kick return against Richmond. But after that, you know, where did he really contribute? I think he had some injury mm-hmm. issues as well. So I'm really curious to see how that's sort of rehabbed over time. Like, is he fully healthy? Physically, he looks great from some of the things that we've seen. Mm-hmm. But where exactly is he on that when he's actually going to get hit in mm-hmm. real time? I think with the three freshmen running back with Palmer, CJ Jackson, and mm-hmm. Austin Douglas, I'm really curious to see who sort of stands out. I think just on tape immediately, I've raved about him since day one. Austin Douglas, the Georgia mm-hmm. kid, he reminds me of a, he reminds me of a young okay. Khalid Abdullah. Like the way he's a one cut and go downhill, just a violent runner. I wouldn't say he's the fastest guy. And if he hears this, he's probably <laughs> wondering if he could prove right. me wrong. But like, he's just a one cut and go. Who can I knock down? What hole can I hit? You know, he's just mm-hmm. that type of guy. And then you've got CJ Jackson, who's more of a John Miller type. And you've got Palmer, who's just like, I mean, not just because he has the, the dreads, but he's kind of like Jalen <laughs> Green, or I think yep. that's his name from the Richmond running back that just destroyed us in 2015. Mm-hmm. Very similar, just ground and pound guy. So I think there's a lot to be had there. But to your point, I think we know what's going to happen at running back. It's just curious how it's all going to get played out in the next couple of Yeah, it's interesting with three freshmen because you'd have to think, right, that one of those guys is probably, you know, the coaches will, if not two, uh, but I'd have to think at least one, the coaches will be looking to redshirt. Um, It's obviously Mm -hmm. interesting with the new redshirt rule coming in last year. It's possible we'll see all three of those guys in the first, maybe not at West Virginia, but I, I would imagine against Morgan State and St. Francis, we might, you know, we might see all three of those guys on the field at some point and still reserving the chance to redshirt. But it will be interesting to see with a guy like C.J. Jackson, who, you know, he could be kind of a hybrid role, right? So even if he's not the best of those three, is he a guy that can also play in the slot or something like that? Um yeah, he's a different speaker, right? He's athletic. He's got some good speed. He's quick twitch. Right. Like he's sort of like the classic. I wouldn't say he's Rashard Davis fast, but he's got that elusiveness, mm-hmm. right? That you really need to create mismatches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've we've been we've been missing some of that over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that position shake out, and we may not know that until we get into CAA play, really. Um, exactly. So that's interesting at, at running back. One of the positions I'm really curious about, Mike, is what you're thinking about the wide receiver position. Um, obviously, part of this relates to Raleigh Stapleton being suspended the first three weeks. I think it's safe to say we're going to see a lot of Kendall Dean and a lot of Jake Brown. Um, but after that, I know there's some new faces on the roster at this position and hoping you can fill us in on who else might be in line for some time out there on the outside. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is interesting, right? With Stapleton out, you know, what exactly is going to happen? I think Kendall Dean's the clear club number mm-hmm. one. We've had a lot of talk about Jake Brown. I think what people have forgotten because he played as a true freshman, mm-hmm. but then was hurt last year is Ezra Archie from mm-hmm. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. He played as a true freshman. He contributed. He played some big games against Villanova. Mm-hmm. I think he's really due to step up big mm-hmm. time. You know, he's not the fastest guy. Great round runner. Um, really good hands. Like, I don't think he dropped many mm-hmm. balls when he played a couple of years back. I think he's going to be a big contributor. The key thing this year, which is why I believe Coach brought in Brandon Polk, is can we have someone to break the top off the defense? Because if you look at what we did last year, people were keying in on that dink and dunk game that we were doing with Danucci. And we didn't really have someone that could really break the seams, that could just run straight down the field, take the safeties over the top. Can that be Brandon Mm Pullman? If you think about what he did at Penn State, the jet option, lining up at running back, kick return, he's obviously an athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy was a four-star athlete for Northern Virginia. Like, there's a reason why he was at Penn State. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see what he can do there. I think an X factor, sort of a dark horse from the receiver group, is Reggie Brown from Florida. Mm -hmm. So we got him two years ago. I think he redshirted last year. Looked really good at the spring game. Had some really big catches. Mm-hmm. And I think we can't underestimate. You know, these Florida kids—they've got that. They've got that. <laughs> like hit, Jimmy, right? We had Terrence Halls. Yeah, exactly. They, the Jimmy's from Florida. I mean, these guys have. I mean, they're they're built differently mm-hmm. down there. So really excited to see how he comes in. I mean, he had a ton of offers. He could have went to any of those. Uh, dare I say directional schools in Florida, but like, you know, he could have done anything like that, but he chose to come to JMU. So that's super great. I think we can kind of bunch in the tight end group into this with sort of Cheatham, Stapleton, and Carlton. I think those three are due for a big season. Cheatham, especially since he was hurt last year. But I think Nick Carlton, who I don't know if you've seen the pictures, mm-hmm. looks like he's gained 25 pounds of just straight yeah. muscle. I love these. Uh, these are always my favorite. Rob and I talked about this last week. I don't know if you've seen the Raven Green, Green Bay training camp pictures. Yeah. It's, huge. <laughs> it's like, I love when the guy comes back in the, the whole uh, best shape of my life guy, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Well, Carlton had time off his feet to lift, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, he had a big game against ECU two years ago, right? Had the touchdown mm-hmm. catch, and he just mm-hmm. sort of just struggling with injuries. But with. You know, Drew Painter moving from D-line to tight end, us bringing Hunter Bullock, who started in January, the freshman. I think we're going to see some more double tights, some ground and pound, um, larger receivers and pass catchers mm-hmm. on the field, right, where, you know, they could present a bit of an X factor because I think we can make that position sort of a difference maker for us because we, ath- we have athletes mm-hmm. in that place. And I don't think at this level especially – you know, can they over a DB? Can they run past a mm-hmm. linebacker? I think we definitely have that capability. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, going back, most of JMU's best teams ever have had a real impact tight end, even if they didn't have a ton mm-hmm. of catches. You know, you think about the way Klusterman came on in the playoffs when JMU won the championship in 16-17. And going back, I mean, whether it's Mike Cawson, there's just a number of guys as you go back in the last 20 years. Um, that's a position that just JMU's always got talent in the backfield and on the outside somewhere. So it feels like the tight yeah. end is going to be open. If, if you have a guy, who, I, I hope so. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, I mean, nobody could cover clue in 2016. If you might remember the Maryland game, Mike Costin just was mm-hmm. eating up the Maryland defense mm-hmm. all day long. Like these guys are, could be really different mm-hmm. makers. I think Dylan is going to have a big year. You know, we'll see where we can come from that group. I definitely could be a, a really big asset for Good. the team. That's great to hear. Um, and then the last position group on offense, and the one that I am most intrigued by, is the O-line. Um, and I say I'm the most intrigued because 
I just don't know what to make of this team. And I'm wondering if you have any more thoughts. There's a whole lot of game experience on the other, right? I think all five guys that we expect to start have started a season's worth of games in their career. Uh, but Jamie did have a, a loss or two on the line in the off season. And, and they, you know, I, I don't know whether the, I was never sure. I think Rob and I were never entirely sure whether the O-line was good or not last year. Right. I, I don't mean that like hyperbolically, but they, they had good games and bad games and Jamie won a lot of games last year in the regular season. Um, but they also struggled uh-huh. to run the ball. And then in the really important games, they occasionally struggled to protect the quarterback as well. So, you know, yeah. I, I think we know that Liam Fornado is going to line up at right tackle, right? And we know. I think that's a safe. Yeah. And we think we know that Mac Patrick's going to play center. But outside of that, what do you think? How's it shaping up at the other three spots? I think that they may be even up for grabs. Like, I think we forget. You know, last year, I, I'm right there with you. It was a bit frustrating because when you look at the size and the, the athleticism we have in front, you think we'd be able to push teams around, and we, we just weren't able to do it. And I think at the Colgate game, right, when they're running sort of like that 3-3 stack and just finding ways to get through the O-line, it was it was almost discouraging a little bit. So I think this, this is a unit that has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. I think we can talk about the players here, but I think – one of the underrated hires this summer was Robo, who they got from Elon. Nice. I, I think he won a national championship with Casey Keeler at Delaware a couple of years back. Okay. So he's got experience on making you know very successful O lines. We saw what Elon's O line did to us last year. <laughs> they had an NFL prospect line too. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to see out of this group, but just like I said about you know Jawan Hamilton, they've got a chip on their shoulders. But to your point, you know Liam Fernando, All American right tackle for sure. Mac Patrick, really solid right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think what we want to see is sort of can Jahi Jackson go back to his all-conference form a couple years back. I think he's going to line up at right guard. Mm-hmm. Zaire Bethea, who has all the potential in the world, yeah. big kid from Jersey, highly touted. Can he have a breakout year at left guard? Left tackle is kind of the interesting spot because with Tyree Chavius mm-hmm. gone, who's really going to be in there? We've seen guys like Ray Gillespie from Richmond play left tackle. Do we see Nick Kidwell, uh, the 6'5", 320-pound from Maryland? Do we see him sort of take the role there as a redshirt freshman? Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Fishpaw from Richmond has a lot of good game-time experience. Do we move things around and maybe kick Bethea outside to left tackle and move, say, like Fishpaw to guard or something like that? I think there's a lot to be Mm -hmm. here. I think it's going to be – you know, Robo's going to have a a hopefully – well, how can I say, a lot of of (laughs) options, right, to – the right formula but i think in terms of technique are these guys are going to be road graders i think we're going to see them move the pile next year Mm -hmm. for sure that's good to hear and uh, mike i think it's one thing it's fair to say about the o-line watching a lot of fcs football over the last you know 20 years is it does take six or seven guys um you know when you have a position group where five guys start you're you're going to miss games at some point and I, i i hope what i'm hearing you say is that even behind the five guys that have started a bunch of games and in, in, I'm including Gillespie in that group that with Kidwell and Fishpaw, you think JMU does have, you know, some guys who can, who, who should be able to, even if they only start three games, um, we shouldn't see like a massive drop off, you know, depending on what week that is and what the matchup is. 
Exactly. Yeah. The thing is, you just never know. I think what's good with this with these guys is like I'm just counting off here. We've got there's a difference when you have seven or eight 20, 21 year olds mm-hmm. versus <laughs> seven or eight, 19 and Big 20 times, right? I think it's a huge difference. If you go back to 2017, Darrow, mm-hmm. but we had a former tight end and a true freshman playing in the national yeah. title game. We saw the impact of and that. And the year right? before, we got so Matt Frank, you know, who'd been starting like 35 games. Exactly. Like the guy came on as like a. 230-pound fullback, and suddenly he's a 295-pound road grader just pancaking right. everybody. So as, as the 22, 23-year-old, like there's a huge difference with years of maturity, physical growth. That's a big factor into this. So I think we've been talking for years about mm-hmm. the talent. Now I think we'll see the physical sort of maturity sort of catch up to that also. Well, I'm certainly hopeful. I, I'm, I, I, I never know how to judge these off-season, you know, little snippets we get here and there and stuff. But it, I, I am kind of excited. I, I, I think this group this year, you know, part of it is you have all these guys coming. You have so, like you said, there's so many experienced players coming back who are upperclassmen. So I don't know how much of it's that and how much of it's Nettie and a new strength staff and everything. But this looks like a, a men's team this year. Um, and we've had a couple the last two years that, you know, has sometimes looked like a mix of really fully grown FCS players and, you know, just, just out of high school players with lots of talent. So, yeah, absolutely. So moving over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I'm only interested on the D line. I mean, I'm probably as excited about the D line as I am any position group on this roster, um, potentially with the exception of the specialists, which we won't talk about tonight, but um, the D line, I mean, we know we're going to see Rondell Carter. You know, we know we're going to see Mike green. We know we're going to see a uh, we know we're going to see the pass rushers on the outside. I mean, who, you know, what, what am I, what are we missing outside of the starting four or five guys? Um, you know, and you're welcome to break down the whole thing, but I just, you know, I'm so excited for this group, but I don't know who the sixth, seventh, eighth players are on this group. So. I think going back to what we talked about, right. Physical maturity, the, the D line, I, I would be worried for any old line lining up against them, even even West yeah. Virginia. Uh, these guys are older. Uh, they're talented. Uh, we didn't even talk about probably the most dangerous one is yeah, John exactly. Docker on That's the outside. He's now wearing number seven, <laughs> so he just looks yeah. scarier. Um, I think he's gained about 10 pounds. But, you know, when you think about him, just pass rush specialist, 6'2", 235, 240 pounds now, like that's just terrifying to really mm-hmm. think about. But to your point, you know, the guys that we should be really excited about is coming off the bench. Think about Isaac Uku, who's a redshirt sophomore who just looks like a workout warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a he was John Daka's teammate back in high school, and those two just terrorized everybody. But Isaac Uku, I think, is poised for a good year. Can we get five to six sacks from him coming off the mm-hmm. bench? Uh, we have Antonio Colclaw, who transferred from mm-hmm. Temple. He'll be coming redshirt freshman. Can he provide some good – depth either in the outside or inside on maybe passing situations mm-hmm. uh, i think one of the moves this su- uh, this summer which i really i'm rooting a lot yeah. for this guy bryce mcginley yeah. moving to dn yeah. so just to provide some context bryce mcginley was a record-breaking quarterback in north carolina mm-hmm. came to jamie as a safety then moved to linebacker then moved to middle linebacker and now is moving to defensive end for yeah. his senior year so a lot of moving parts there. I think the guy is just an uber athlete, has made 
tons of plays on special teams. He had that blocked punt and Sam Houston a couple of years ago. He was the one that took it back yep. for a touchdown. Really looking for him. You know, can he make some plays on the outside? You know, he's about 6'3", 240 now, I believe. A great athlete. I'd love to see him just really flourish mm-hmm. on the field. The question mark, though, is the depth inside. With Green and Ottawa, like two, I think, should be all-conference defensive mm-hmm. tackles. Can guys like Tony Thurston come in and really spell them? Um, Samar Shahondo, who's been like sort of in the practice squad, earning a little bit of time in there. He's a 310-pound mm-hmm. kid. Can he come in? snaps and, and stop mm-hmm. the run uh, i think we've seen already the coaches the coaching staff might put rondell carter inside on passing down so we have a bit of flexibility mm-hmm. too i think if, if mike green and atawa stay healthy throughout the year we've got a great chance if one of them goes mm-hmm. down when we play a team like for example you know a good solid offense line like a mm-hmm. villanova later mm-hmm. in the year playoff team i i will start getting a little bit shaky you know, can we see a 320-pound transfer come in in the next two weeks? Mm-hmm. I hope so. But can we see them contribute? I think that's a big question mark yeah. also. But maturity-wise, we've got all the talent in the world. They just got to put it all yeah, together. Yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, this is one of those positions, D-tackle, where FCS seasons are won and lost. Um, you know, if Simeon Robinson is, comes ready to play and works out all summer and stays healthy all year, you might win the national championship. And the exactly. years when that doesn't happen – you might struggle. Um, and like you said, I, I'm excited to hear you say you think that they could be very competitive at West Virginia. I, I actually thought Rondell Carter was the best player on the field at NC State last year until he cramped up in the second half. Um, so certainly, uh, you know, a lot of options there. Yeah, if that group can stay healthy. And I'm with you on Bryce McGinley, Mike. I know you and I both go to a lot of games. Um, his father has been one of the most positive presidences in the stands Uh for years and here and McGinley contribute, you know, I remember him. I mean, he contributed a lot early in his career. And I think we were all excited, whether it was on special teams or, you know, spot playing on defense and uh, would love to see him get back in the mix and find a, find a way to contribute this year. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think when Houston came on board, it was him and Adam Smith that were sort of the last two signees. Yeah. Um, Carolina and yeah like Bryce McGinley's dad's a big fan I saw him at the Towson game you you, you, it's impossible to miss him because he's huge but he's also loud he's standing up the whole game like great family great atmosphere great culture for the team I'm rooting for the kid and then I I guess we can take the um I think I think we might as well try to take the linebackers and DB core as a group um I know that's a whole lot of players and we might separate them out a little bit I think we know that Dimitri Holloway and Landon Word are going to start at linebacker. Um, we, we know that Wayne Davis is going to start somewhere, whatever they call him in terms of position. I'm not sure. Um, I think personally, I think Dimitri Holloway might, you know, has a chance to be the best, you know, maybe the best player on the team this year, or, or certainly the one that we all, you know, filling that kind of gauge steel, you know, these roles that we've seen over the years with a guy who just makes every play all the time. Um, Holloway going all the way back to certainly his play at the end of the 2016 championship run was outstanding. Um, Oh, he was was amazing. I mean, he was, he got hurt against, against Youngstown state, which is why he was out most of 2017, but he, he was getting 12, 15 tackles a game. I think he had 18 tackles against North Dakota state. And it was all, I mean, he's the classic seven, five, seven guy, you know, (laughs) 
on 230, out of this world, speed and athleticism. I, and I'll say this, and I'll, I'll kind of throw a hot take out there. The back seven, when you look at it from top to down, I'm not sure if we've seen sort of this level of athleticism and just overall talent in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Jimmy not a part of the team anymore because linebacker room, Dimitri Holloway, Landon Word, and behind them you've got Mateo Jackson, who, by the way, looked like he belonged last year as a 240-pound freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monte Tucker-Dorsey, who's just a missile that I think could be our Robert right. Hardy junior on kickoff. I, I think he that, that guy just seems like from his tape, and I'd love to see him just kind of blow up this year, it looks like a rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a lot to prove. And then you've got Tab Patrick, who Mac Patrick's brother, kind of old, kind of, you know, he'll he'll do the job. He's not going to make any mistakes. And then you've got Taurus Jones and Julio IML, who are both freshmen. Will they see the field? We'll mm-hmm. see. But you look at the DBs, yeah. I think the big question you want to look at is who's going to start beside Rashad Robinson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard some I names think, you in know, the last couple of days that I hadn't even, I wasn't even that familiar with. Like, it does mm-hmm. seem like guys are bubbling up, you know. And there's a, there's a, I mean, we know, you and I both know. I mean, we've been talking about Charles Tut for four or five years now, and you know, we know the guys who are back there. But uh, Torres Carroll, Wesley McCormick, both played a lot last year, so there's a whole bunch of guys. Um, I, I don't. And they're all athletes. They're all they all can run. They've got some good size. Like McCormick and Carroll, they they all saw the field as true freshmen, so they've proven themselves. And they've been playing even with Jimmy, the Jimmys, the Curtis all the Curtis Olivers, Rashad. Like they were still able to get on the field, so they've got mm-hmm. talent. So I think you know it's their job this year to sort of step mm-hmm. up. Like they've had, you know, they're and they're going to the third year in mm-hmm. the program. You know, Charles Tut, another guy that. You know, I think everyone's seen it, but the, the Sam Houston State game is on yeah. YouTube. But if you watch that game, that's sort of the last game that Charles Tut – we had Charles Tut, Curtis Oliver, Rashad, and Jimmy all in the field together yeah, healthy. That was the last – Yeah. And that was, that was something else. Like, imagine if all four of those guys stayed healthy. <laughs> they would have done some really crazy things. But, you know, rooting for Charles Tut. And, you know, you got guys like Jamari Kearns or Willie Drew, too. Like, they're, they're, both, they're both redshirted. I, I imagine they'll be on mm-hmm. kickoff and on special teams. All the talent in the world, highly touted kids. Jamari Currens, I believe, is like Rashad Robinson's sort mm-hmm. of shadow. Like he's been around for the last year, and I think he's got he's got some good skills. But I think to your point earlier, going to the safeties, I think Wayne Davis is going to be really hard to see him mm-hmm. leave the field. It's just it looks like a monster. Runs a four four. You know, can we put him as linebacker? Can he play safety? You got a mix of both. Mm-hmm. And Adam Smith, I think, you know, those guys are talented as it is to get to go at this level. I'd love to see them, you know, can they get to the Jordan Brown, Raven Green level of mm-hmm. stardom? I think that's a very high sort of mm-hmm. benchmark, but that's sort of what we're yeah. seeing, right, is you know, Jordan Brown was probably never out of position. Raven Green was always there. Like, can they get to that level? Those are, those are the type of guys that these people are replacing. And I think with a year, another year at their belt, you know, can we see Adam Smith take over that playmaker role? Amos makes some plays mm-hmm. too. I mean, these guys have all the talent mm-hmm. in the world. It just makes me really excited to see if this this unit can they top twenty seventeen? Yeah, yeah. See? no, it's it's great to hear. I mean, today, just today, I think it was Rashad was hyping Willie Drew. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, and that was a name I wasn't that familiar with. So, yeah, there's all kinds of guys, and you're right about Adam Smith and D'Angelo Amos. I think the two of them. You know, you think about Raven Green and Jordan Brown in their best days. 
I mean, they just feasted on just be in the right place when the de- because mm-hmm. the rest of the defense is going to set it up for a lot of floaters and terrible plays from the offense. And if you're just doing what you're supposed to do, the big plays are going to come right to you. So, oh, 100%. like I think like I think Green and Brown both had what eight or nine interceptions yeah. each in 2017, yeah. and they were just. I mean, we got people in third yeah. long, and then they just waited for the D line yeah. to go eat, and then they got. And they did That's their I, feel like, I feel like I feel like the ball but, was always floating in the air, and then Raven Green was running under it, like there was nothing to it, you know. He was just yeah. always around, and I think. You know, can't we see that with the safety group? I think they have the potential to do it. You brought up Willie Drew mm-hmm. earlier at, at corner. You know, he's a classic, you know, seven five seven former quarterback, best athlete on the field. You know, is is he going to have some time at corner? Maybe they might move him to safety. He's a bigger kid. I think he's like six two. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we get him two hundred plus pounds? Like that's that's a sizable corner in our league. Uh, and even behind the safety positions with Q Reed and uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Chris Chuck. Bonetti. Oh yes. From from New Jersey, last I heard from Kurt Signetti, those two are just headhunters, yeah. right? And they're freshmen, and they're eager to get out there. So, lots of depth, lots of talent, lots of speed, lots of size. Like I think, I think it's the classic JMU team where we have the best athletes on the field. Can we mentally prepare? Can we put it all together on game day? That's going to be the big question. Gotcha. Mark. No, this is awesome, and I really appreciate you going around the horn. We're not going to do specialists because I think we all know. Um, at least we know Harry and uh, who am I missing here? Racky. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Amos will be running back punts at least. I mean, I think we know where we stand there. Uh, I guess they'll have to find, I, I don't know if Jawan is going to return kickoffs this year or with his, you know, increased va- um, value to the offense. If they'll have to find somebody else, that could be a place for one of those million DBs uh, to get in a mix. Uh, but maybe, maybe they'll put Brandon Polk yeah. back there. Who knows? Is there, is there a kid from West Virginia too? They have a transfer. Yeah, I want to say I think it's. Yeah, oh, no, man, no, this sorry, is... I don't mean to stump you, but I just I know the West Virginia fans have been freaking out already that the kid from West. Dylan's yes, Spalding. that's the same. Yeah, Dylan Spalding. Yeah. I know the West Virginia fans are freaking out that he's going to come back and haunt them somehow, um, which nothing would make us happier, I guess. Right, but yeah. Um, Mike, I wanted to get you before before we get out of here, and I can't thank you enough for that deep dive. Um, it's inc- it's incredible, and, and certainly Rob and I don't have that depth of knowledge. Uh, but I want to get your prediction for or anything your your thoughts on the West Virginia game and your thoughts on this season, the first one under Coach Signetti. I think I think the how can I say the theme this year with Kurt Signetti is that I think the team is hungry. I think they're dialed in. I think they're locked. Uh, distractions aside, you know, this team has, has seen it all, right? They've, they've been the hot ticket on social media. They've gotten the nice jerseys. They've seen the, the crowded stadiums. They've seen the publicity. Mm-hmm. I think this year it's, can we get the job done? I think it's national championship mm-hmm. bust. And I think that's the tone put in front of these guys. I think that's the message. Um, from the people that he hired, he hired winners. He hired the defensive coordinator from my from not Miami, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Maine, which had the number one defense in the league, and they were flying mm-hmm. everywhere. So now he has even more athletes to put on the field in different situations. So I think this team is locked and loaded and ready to go. Physically, they look like a good football mm-hmm. team. They've got big 
guys, athletes all over the field. I think they have a chance to make something special. It's can we put the hype videos aside? Can we put the publicity? Can we put the, hey, we're JMU. We're supposed to beat everyone we play. Everyone's going to bow before us. Like, can we move away mm-hmm. from that? And mentally prepared to play in all situations, whether it's in front of 50,000 people or 50 mm-hmm. people. When it's cold, hot, snowy, it's it's all of that put together, which I think someone like Kurt Zignetti, who's used to playing with, I, I think it's been overused. He's been in programs with lesser resources <laughs> than one. Now we have all the riches in the world to do whatever he wants. And I think he's the guy to That's do That's awesome. Yeah, we've certainly, ha- we've, we've had that experience. You know, we saw that with Coach Houston. And uh, hopefully we'll see, we'll see it again this year. Uh, Mike, one more thing I wanted to ask you. Um, I mean, obviously you've been watching the pros as well. Um, how fun, I mean, A, how fun is it to watch Jimmy? <laughs> Which is incredible, right? He's crushing right. it right now. <laughs> but uh, B, I, I think a lot of people forget. Uh, a, I mean, one thing I was, Ish Hyman seems to be in the mix, at least in Cleveland, which is kind of cool, right? I, I mean, another, you know, him and Ankara both played in the AAF and kind of uh, found a shot. You know, I mean, Ankara's obviously been with the Redskins as well, but is a long shot to make the roster. Um, and it, it, Hyman maybe too, but it's pretty cool. Not a guy that I thought three years ago that we'd be talking about now. And then, you know, Dean Marlowe in Buffalo looks like there's definitely a role. I saw him in a pretty sizable fight at Bill's camp the other day and Raven Green in Green Bay. Um, And that's before we even talk about Watford or some of the guys we sort of, you know, have been in. Marcus Marshall is in in Chiefs Mm -hmm. camp right now. Rashard Davis in Chiefs camp. I don't know if there's ever been a time where we had this many JMU players in the NFL and they're all making a difference, which think about, you know, you have these 110, you know, person roster teams and they got to dwindle it down to 53. It's, it's, can you make a difference? Right. I think Jimmy's making a huge stance in Washington right now. I think he's like every other Redskins Twitter post is about Jimmy. I know mine is. (laughs) It's it's great. It's all over the place. And like, Ish is making a ton of noise. Uh, a lot of good things from from JMU players, and I think it's a showcase of the talent that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had some scouts already in the training camp uh, last couple of days too, so that's really encouraging to see. Yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be hard pressed to see if there's ever been a moment in time where we've had more players from JMU in the league. Uh, I'll have like uh, someone else fact check no, me on that one. <laughs> well, no, but it's got to be fun for. I mean, you think about Rashad Robinson, Liam Fornado. You know, a couple of the guys on the team this year, um, obviously Fornado's gotten even another year. But, you know, if you're an NFL scout and you see what Jimmy's doing or what some of these other guys are doing, suddenly you're like, well, wait a second. Jimmy was supposed to be the second best corner on the team last year. You exactly. know, and let me get down there and watch practice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got to be exciting for the, the kids current, you know, the Rondell Carters of the world to be like, wait, if I go out there and put up numbers this year, I'm really going to get a legit shot next year, you know? So, yes, yeah. exactly. Like, I mean, to your point, like Rashad was graded out as the, the better NFL prospect out of the two, but I think this defense definitely has some NFL caliber players, you know, whether they get drafted, mm-hmm. you know, we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, but I think some of them, especially the older kids should get at least a camp invite and make some mm-hmm. noise. Uh, I think this is the year mm-hmm. to do it. 
But I think it's just a testament of sort of the how we've sort of upped the scale here at JMU with the recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, dare I bring up recruiting? I know everyone <laughs> loves that, but even with the guys that recruit now, they're talking about going to the NFL through JMU mm-hmm. and spurning sort of these like other FBS offers for a chance to stand out and really prove themselves as players. So really fun to see. Uh, really curious to see how this all plays out. That's the end. great. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough. I can't wait to tailgate with you uh, this fall. I'm sure we will see each other in a month or so. I don't know that I have a whole lot else. Rob and I are going to come on here next week, and, and we're going to uh, suck it up and try some Natterdays um, <laughs> to, yeah, to, to deal with Rob, uh, Rob um, being an old, you know, doing the ultimate old man tweet. Yeah. So. With tailgating. So, so this summer, hard seltzers seem to be the, oh, the big. It's all. Stop it. I know. See a bunch of Trulies and White Claws all over the tailgating field. <sighs> yeah, it's all. I actually was with uh, old JMU friends last yesterday afternoon. Um, had a cookout over at his house, and he was telling me that he's a guy who's not very connected to you know, he's not a doesn't go to football games, doesn't know a whole lot. I mean, follows casually, but uh, he said he went to a little golf. Re- they all went back to Harrisonburg, like six of his friends, mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, they played golf at Lakeview and just acted like goofballs. You know, these were a bunch of 39-year-old guys. And, uh, and he was just saying that a bunch of them were drinking Trulies. <laughs> and he's like, it's so weird. He's like, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> I just, oh, I, I really hope that's not the case. Can we leave that? So that can be for the, can we leave that for the students? Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh. I am not I cannot guarantee that Trulies may or may not on in our tailgate a lot at least. Oh, I know, I know. I, I'm sure they're going to be flowing wildly this year, but uh, uh, nothing, nothing I can do. Just scream at clouds and shake my fist. So, yeah. Uh, at least we're not going to be drinking pumpkin beer. I think I think that's something you're going to enjoy, goodness. right? Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, Mike, um, I will talk to you soon, and I really appreciate you making the time tonight. Yeah, no um, problem. I appreciate uh, hopping on the line right, for you guys. Thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you later. Yeah.